right. Uh, good evening. So um, before the 2020 election, I gave a sermon here on a Sunday morning about um, basically what the Christian attitude should be towards uh, their political situation. And um, in that message, I focused primarily on um, what our attitude should be like if we are unhappy with our current political circumstances. And um, I also said that we should, um, we have been called to be obedient and submissive to our governing authorities. And um, while that indeed can be a struggle for us, um, it can also be a struggle uh, for Christians uh, when we are too happy with our political situation. Um, and that was something that I didn't have a whole lot of time to touch on in my sermon um, back then. So this is going to be sort of an addendum to that message. Um, and I'm going to attempt to address that tonight. And I'm going to start off by looking uh, a little bit at the lives of Moses and David. And for the first part of this message, um, I'm not going to be lingering too much in any particular passage. So I'll, I'll mention some references, but you don't necessarily need to turn there. Uh, I assume that everyone here is pretty familiar with the lives of Moses and David. So, um, so looking at Moses, Moses was hand chosen by God to lead Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness. Um, in Hebrews 11, where it talks about people who had exceptional faith in God, Moses has more said about him than anyone else in that chapter. Um, Exodus 33.11 tells us that the Lord spoke with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. And as far as I know, Moses is the only person of whom that could actually be said. Um, despite the fact that Moses was generally a righteous leader, he was not without faults, as we know. Um, we have the example of Moses striking the rock instead of speaking to it as he was commanded to do so by God. Um, and despite the fact that Moses was generally a righteous leader, he was not able to save Israel from its problems. Um, obviously, Joshua led Israel after the death of Moses, and after Joshua was the period of the judges, uh, which was marked with some of uh, s- some very heavy patterns of disobedience on the part of the Israelites. Um, and some very terrible things happened during that time. Um, also, as we know, like uh, a lot of the Israelites under the leadership of Moses perished in the wilderness. They, they never made it to the promised land. Um, David also was hand chosen by God to lead Israel. Um, Acts 13 describes David as a man after God's own heart. Um, David is also mentioned as a man of faith in Hebrews 11. Uh, and similar to Moses, however, he, he had his flaws. Um, we know that he committed adultery and he also murdered one of his own men. And, um, again, similar to Moses, David was not able to save Israel from its problems. Um, even during David's reign, uh, second Samuel tells us that David's own son, Absalom, revolted against David. Uh, David ended up having to flee. Uh, the palace because there were so many Israelites that supported Absalom. And additionally in first, sorry, first Chronicles 21, we read that David sinned in conducting a military census 
And as punishment, God sent a plague that killed 70,000 of the Israelites. Um, so we can tell easily that, that neither Moses or David, even though they were very righteous leaders, uh, were not able to solve Israel's short-term problems. Um, and uh, we can also see that they didn't solve Israel's long-term problems either. Um, so, uh, Second Chronicles 36 gives us a pretty vivid picture um, of some of what happened to Israelite uh, to the Israelites uh, eventually. Second Chronicles 36, um, 15 through 20. But Yahweh, the God of their ancestors, sent word against them by the hand of his messengers, sending them time and time again, for he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept ridiculing God's messengers, despising his words, and scoffing at his prophets, until the Lord's wrath was stirred up against his people that there was, uh, sorry, was so stirred up against his people that there was no remedy. So he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their choice young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. He had no pity on young men or young women, elderly or aged. He handed them all over to him. He took everything to Babylon, all the articles of God's temple, large and small, the treasures of the Lord's temple, and the treasures of the king and his officials. Then the Chaldeans burned God's temple. They tore down Jerusalem's wall, burned down all its palaces, and destroyed all its valuable articles. He deported those who escaped from the sword to Babylon, and they became servants to him and his sons until the rise of the Persian kingdom. Um, so that's what happened to uh, the kingdom of Judah. Um, the, the kingdom of Israel was also led into captivity. Um, but you can see easily that even though Israel had some very righteous leaders along the way, None of them were able to save Israel from this, from this exile. Um, let's look at, uh, Psalm 146. Okay, Psalm 146, verses 3 through 10. Um, do not put your trust in nobles, in man who cannot save. Um, some translations will translate nobles as princes. Uh, a couple translations will translate that as powerful people. But the point is that um, even people in lofty positions, um, you should not put your trust in them. Um, they are mere mortals. Uh, let's continue with verse 4. When his breath leaves him, he returns to the ground. On that day, his plans die. Happy is the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And verses 6 through 10 uh, are, I think, what I would like you to pay particular attention to. Um, these verses here are describing God but as we read this, you'll notice that they also describe many of the things that most people would like to see in a good political leader. Um, so verses 6 through 10, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, he remains faithful forever, executing justice for the exploited and giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. 
The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are oppressed. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects foreigners and helps the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Zion, your God, reigns for all generations. Hallelujah. So you you can st- start to see that God is the perfect leader. Um, he he helps those who are impoverished. Uh, he heals the sick. Um, he frustrates the way of the wicked. Um, and he reigns forever. Um, unlike your favorite politician, you don't have to worry about the next guy who comes in after him. God reigns forever. Um, in our current culture, we, when we have conversations with our political rivals, um, we tend to dismiss or excuse the wrongdoings of our favorite politicians. Um, when someone points out a flaw in our favorite political leader, um, we sometimes say something like, well, that doesn't matter because look over here at all these great things we've done. Um, when we talk about leaders like Moses and David, who most of us would agree are more righteous than the leaders we have today, um, we don't have any issue discussing the sins that they commit. Um, and I think similarly, we should be willing to admit when our current leaders commit sins, even if they are on the same side as us. Um, we should always hope that our leaders are righteous people, and we should be thankful if and when they are. But um, no matter how pleased we are with any leader, we should not pretend that they are some paragon of morality or that they're going to save the nation from its problems. As Christians, we believe that there is one leader who is without sin, and there is one who saves, and when we interact with other people, it should be apparent that that is our belief. Um, Thank you. That's all I have for tonight.